Thank you, Amber. Glad everyone's here today. Uh, just uh, if you're online, we're also glad that you're joining us today. There's a lot of people traveling and a lot of people not doing well. So Emily, I appreciate the prayers for the sick and the continued health. Um, I just wanna give a shout out real quick because today is a pretty special day for me. It's my 23rd anniversary. So <clears throat> that would not be possible without my amazing, beautiful, lovely wife, Carla. Carla's over there and Carla is outside of salvation, God's greatest gift to my life. And so I love you very much and I'm very glad we are together. And seriously, and it kind of actually, as I was thinking about how to just shout out to my wife is like, I was thinking about today, like kind of talking about like, what's it mean to live on mission? to be missional. We talk about out a lot. We talk about up, in and out. Up's like our connection with God, in's our connection with each other and the family of faith. And then out is how uh, we relate to the world and reach the lost. And I think about um, my wife, two of her greatest uh, things, like we have a thing we do on birthdays. Um, when we go around the table and if it's someone's birthday, we just love on them and tell them things we love about them. And things that are always said about Carla or people that know Carla, <clears throat> that they, is just that her passion for Jesus and her compassion for broken and hurting people. And uh, that's changed my life immensely. And I was just thinking about this message about what does it look like to live on mission? If you just have those two things in spades, if you had passion for Jesus and like zeal and compassion for the lost, there's no, there's no limit to what God could do with your life. So I love you very much and happy anniversary. Yeah, let's hear it. So Lord, I just pray that you would fill this time today with the words that are shared and said. I pray that they'd be your words, Lord, that you would just uh, talk through me and that you would move on the hearts of people. And I pray that you would especially stir on the hearts of people, maybe people visiting, people far from you, or maybe people that don't even know why they're here that are just kind of checking this Christianity thing out. Lord, would you just stir them up to see how passionate that you are and how compassionate that you are and how much you love us. It's in your name we pray, Jesus, amen. And so I think when we talk about uh, like the word evangelism, that can stir up a lot of feelings in people. Sometimes we think it's like the cheese ball stuff, like the weird, like, like I want your money, or like it can be like the guy with the bullhorn, or it can be just, um, we think we gotta be like Josh McDowell and just have a thousand page treatise on you know answers to people's questions. And I think, or we can think of evangelism as something we do at special events. We can think of it at least a mission trip but there's a lot of things that people have, a lot of things associated with them. Some are good and some aren't good. Some people affiliate it with a high pressure sales pitch. Like, I don't wanna tell my friends about Jesus because what if they say no, or I don't know if I wanna put that pressure on them. Like, we feel like if we tell people, we have to give them like a tract or something and it has to close the deal. Like, well, if they didn't buy the car, we're not gonna eat this month. And I think also too, we can think it's or in a very spiritual term, like, oh, well, it's one of the fivefold, fivefold ministry offices in Ephesians four, and that's meant for evangelists. Like I'm an apostle, or I'm a prophet, or I'm a teacher, or I'm a pastor, but I'm not an evangelist. We'll leave that, that's for extroverts. I'm an introvert, God didn't call me to share my faith. Dude, I'm sorry. 
like, it doesn't matter what your vert is. I mean, my vert's like two inches. I don't know if I'm an introvert or an extrovert. I just know I can't jump anymore. But it doesn't matter what your vert is. We're all called to live like this because we're called to be like Jesus. We're called to be like Jesus. But it's also, it, I want to encourage you today that there's a bunch of ways to share our faith. It's not just a tract or it's not a sermon. It's not preaching on a street corner or it's not just doing kind things. It's like the whole enchilada, but we're all in various phases of the journey, but I'll tell you what, it matters that we do it. I'm gonna read a passage to you today from 1 Corinthians chapter three, verse six through 11, where Paul's talking about, some are saying, well, I'm a disciple of Paul, or I am of Peter, or I am like Apollos. Paul says this, he said, I planted the seed, I, Paul, Apollos watered it, but God causes the growth. So neither the one who plants or the one who waters anything, but God causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building, according to the grace of God, which was given to me. Like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building upon it. But each man must be careful how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one that was laid, and that is Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying here, he's like saying, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're the first person to tell someone about Jesus, if you're the one to lead them to Jesus, if you're the one to pray for them and they receive healing, Paul says it doesn't matter that the harvest is God, but he's also saying that the foundation is one that's laid upon the precious work of Jesus Christ. And I think it's easy to forget sometimes that like we're not into gimmicks here. Like evangelism, discipleship, worship are not events. Paul says that the wise builder has this foundation and he's kind of echoing back to what Jesus says, the wise builder, you know, builds upon the rock. See, these are the things when we talk about, when we talk about when we talk about vertical connection to God, when we talk about inward relationships, a fellowship and fellowship, when we talk about like this missional zeal, it's a whole puzzle. Like you cannot just get a good foundation with just rocks. You also need water, like you need mortar, you need sand. You need different ingredients to make a firm foundation. So even if you're a person of prayer, you're still called to be a disciple. Or else, even if you're a disciple, you're still called to witness and share your faith. Or even if you're a raging evangelist, you're still called to pray. And it's these mixtures of these things combined and working in harmony that makes a solid foundation. Jesus wasn't just a guy with huge guns and twig legs. No, Jesus was balanced. He was proportioned. And, he, and there was something about his life and ministry was this beauty, was this balance. And people could never really peg Jesus because one day he's the amazing disciple maker. One day he's the amazing worshiper and prayer teacher. The next day he's like the evangelist that, you know, spits in the mud and heals blind eyes. But it was this whole thing that Jesus was doing. He said, I only do what I see my father doing. And so it infiltrated every shred of his life. And as we're thinking about this stuff with um, like how to be, how to live everyday mission, one of the best, one of the best like missional tools you can ever have is prayer. Do you know that? I started seeing way more people come to Christ when I just stopped trying to talk people into it. And I just saw people limping along and say, like, bro, it happened to your leg. Man, I got in a car wreck. Okay, can I pray for it? Bam, that broken bone got healed. I didn't have to talk at all. 
Yeah, it was just like, you don't have to talk at all when you let the Holy Spirit, like when we go, he shows. We don't have to have impressive sales pitches. We don't have to have, you know, like the Roman road document. We don't have to have a bunch of tracks. We don't have to have it all figured out. All God's calling people to is to join him in his quest to seek and save the lost and along the way to be very available. That's all it is. So if you're wondering, how can I be a good witness? We've been talking about Jesus everything. And we're kind of concluding, wrapping up the last three weeks, well, last two weeks, and then today have been about the practical application. Okay, we've talked about Jesus everything, so now how do we do it? This week, we're talking about living on mission. And Jesus, everything, we've been talking about these things almost on a loop because we see embedded in the life of Jesus this kind of cyclical format, like we just said. And it's amazing that Jesus said, um, in this world, we are like him. In this world, we are like him. And he said we would do the same things, but even greater than him, if we'd trust him. And you've heard me say before, if, if you've been here uh, more than a couple times, if we want to be like him, we just got to be like him. Just do what Jesus did. And I think in a post, post-COVID world that the soil has been turned up and over and mixed around and scattered in such a way that I think actually where there's more anger where there's more discord, where there's more division, where there's such racial tension, where there's such uh, mistrust, where there's epic moral failures. I think more than ever in a post-COVID world, people are ready to hear the good news. A lot of times we can think, well, oh, well, man, things are worse, worse than ever. What do we do? Well, light shines the brightest in the darkness. And I think there's a lot of confusion I think, that, like we've talked about, there's churches shutting their doors in record numbers. The world needs the light. Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth. Like, if we leave, if we check out, if we don't do our job, this place is dark and tasteless. And I think people may be very suspicious of the kind of Christianity they've seen in the last 70 years in our country. Just the, I go to church, I check the box, I have 50 Bibles that I've bought from Zondervan and Lifeway. I got some cool t-shirts and bumper stickers and I blitter Toby Mac on the way out of church. Like, and there's nothing wrong with any of that, but I think people are done with that old like uh, Christian veneer. There's such like a veneer in our culture where it's like, it's about, it's just skin deep. And it's like the gospel that Jesus, everything has to permeate all of our lives. And when we have that type of, um, withness of Jesus, God with us, we have an amazing witness to reach the world. So if you're wondering, how do I become better at sharing my faith? Fall in love with Jesus. Start meeting him in that time like we've talked about, that personal worship space. Jump on prayer rooms. Like, get into worship. Give your heart to him. Just like surrender the areas that are broken and say, I need you, Jesus. And then he'll say, great, I'm calling you to a family. Jump into a house group. Jump into a discipleship group. Start meeting with brothers and sisters to hold you accountable from the stuff that's like kept you bound up for so long. And then watch how your life starts changing and transforming and conforming to the image of his glory and you have a better life to share with those in need. Because I think 
It's true, the more we pray, the more we want to pray. The more we uh, read the Bible, the more we tend to want to read the Bible. The more we tend to do Christian community, the more we want of it. And just like the same thing, the more we do that, but that's not enough. It's not enough, friends, just to pray, just to come to church, just to get on Zoom and come to house group or discipleship groups or whatever. All that stuff Jesus' personal mission statement, Luke 19, 10, the son of man came to seek and save the lost. If you wanna be like Jesus, we gotta be like Jesus. If that's the master's personal mission statement, mine shouldn't look radically different. Like I said, it doesn't matter if I'm a male, if I'm a female, if I'm a kid, if I'm old, if I'm tall, if I'm short, if I'm black, if I'm white, if I'm Asian, if I'm... I'm Latino, if I'm from Mars, if you follow Jesus, that's his mission statement. And so I'm asking, is that your mission statement? Is, that, is Jesus worth that to you? Is the kingdom worth that to you? Do you have that same passion and compassion for broken people? I love what 1 John 3, 8 says. It says, for the son of God appeared to destroy the devil's work. You're like, what does mission look like? Just look where life is stinky, tasteless, broken, busted, tore down in the darkest, and that's where Jesus wants you to go. That's it. That's it. We don't have to pray that much about should we go. We actually don't need to pray about that at all. Now, we wanna ask where to go. Lord, where should I go? To whom would you send me? Or just maybe pray blanketly, maybe every day, just before your feet hit the ground, say, Jesus, use me however you want for your glory today and send me people I can uh, share your love with and watch what he does. He will send people falling down, tripping in front of you because he came to do that. That's why God stepped out of heaven. Do you know God in his nature, he's an evangelist. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the great evangelist. Do you know that? That's why we have the Holy Spirit. It's not just for these uh, melt your faces, like kind of feeling in worship, which that's awesome, but it's like the Spirit is the witness of truth. The Spirit is the witness of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ among us and with us, and it's his power that flows around us and in us to do the work of God. So when we feel that stuff in worship, that's great. He wants us to feel, but, the, but that's supposed to be our fuel as we're going out. It's not just like I put the light inside of here and I put a bowl over it the rest of the week. And I think in the world which we live, so many people are so ripe to just see Christians that look like Jesus and will just love them irrespective of their past, of their patterns, of their um, thoughts about God. Do you know God's not put off by your thoughts about him or mine? Do you know even on your worst day, the worst thing you've ever done? Do you know that Jesus, like even child predators, Jesus is after them. Murderers, Jesus is after them. Slave traders, Jesus is after them. Adulterers, Jesus is after them. Swindlers, those people who call you and try to scam you out of your money, Jesus is after them. It's amazing when we think of like the heart of God and some of that might have just ruffled you that I said like, well, how could God be after that? I don't know, but he is. 
And he wants us to be like him. Well, you don't know what people would do to me if I did that. Or you don't know what it would take. Or you don't know what people have done to me or what I've gone through. And none of that matters a drop to Jesus. The extent of people's fallenness. He cares about what's happened to us. But he doesn't just want us to stay there. He doesn't want that to polarize us and paralyze us from living outside of ourselves. He doesn't want us to use that as a crutch to be unforgiving and to be full of bitterness or to just shut ourselves inside to be afraid. See, Jesus' heart for people is tremendously um, unmatched. And I think as we, as we talk about this Jesus everything, it's because like Jesus is, how do I put it? Like there is truly, we can give everything to him because there's no one who could ever love us, care for us, um, change us, add to us, move through us, display his power like Jesus. There's nothing, there's no one. And Jesus isn't just this God who just like wants to, like he didn't just come and flex. You know, he didn't come as big as Hulk Hogan. He didn't come dressed like, dressed like Joe Burrow before a Bengals game. Like the dude came out of heaven and was born in a manger, but his mission's like, I'm gonna start with the worst and go from there. And so I want you to know today, maybe you're amongst the worst or you feel the worst or your life's in the tank. Like I want you to know today, like Jesus cares about you where you're at. Jesus came to seek and save the lost and destroy the works of the enemy. Brothers and sisters in Christ, is that the fuel for your engine as well? Is that what drives you as you live on mission? Do you live on mission? Because I've noticed in my life, sometimes being in the church, it's hard, like I don't always live on mission. Sometimes I'm doing church stuff, but I'm like, Lord, I haven't talked to a lost person in two weeks. But it's, it's really, it's really um, I, I think it's just learning how to slow down. If you wanna learn how to love people, just learn how to slow down and listen. Like one of the best effective ways you can ever love someone in the kingdom is just ask people how they're doing and not just be like, hi, how are you? Wait for a hi, how are you? And say, good, good, and move on. But what if like we saw someone that looked like they were having a bad day and you said, hi, hey, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm okay. What? Well, you don't seem okay. I mean, are you all right? I had this happen to me a couple months ago. Are you okay? And this lady just starts pouring out her life story like she really wasn't okay. And I didn't lead her to Jesus, but I got to pray for her and I just got to bless her and got to tell her God loved her. But I just stopped and just listened. Just having margin in our lives. If you're like, well, I wanna do more outreach stuff. I wanna be more missional. I wanna care more. Just Sometimes it's just carving out some of our schedule and say, okay, God, I'm just gonna go sit with the poor. I'm gonna come to a hot food giveaway or a grocery giveaway, or I'm gonna stay after church for you know, the Thanksgiving outreach. It's just sometimes it's just that stopping. But we know that Jesus, that we know stopping and praying are two key missional tools because exactly what Jesus did. Jesus stopped the glory of heaven and stepped into earth for 33 years. He stopped. He stopped what he was doing there and came here. 
He traded that, uh, like the book of Philippians told us. He traded that and he stopped. And then he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. And Jesus, so he was constantly in prayer and he was building disciples, not just to have fun friends to hang out with and to do barbecues and bonfires with and talk about the Bible, but he was developing these followers so they could go on mission with him. And he had the audacity to say, well, hey, it's better for you if I go away because when I leave, I'll also come back to you. I won't leave you as orphans, disciples, but I'll fill you with my spirit and me everywhere is better than me just here and I'll go with you to the ends of the earth. As you make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. I wanna share, share a video right now of a friend of mine named John Alice. A lot of you might know John Alice way longer than me and way better than me, but John has quickly, in just the 13 months I've known him, become one of my favorite guys. Uh, John's amazing. John, John's on the board here. He's on the board of Vineyard Covington. John's just like the most vineyard man <laughs> ever. Sorry, John Wimber. But like John Alice, if you put a picture of the, uh, of the vineyard 21st century, it's John Alice. John is awesome. And John is not here today. Him and his wife are out in SoCal so nothing gets more vineyard than SoCal. So um, John started off, worked here for a long time with Barry, um, and he's uh, uh, planted like Encounter Vineyard and just worked with a lot of people. But I wanna hear from John and his lovely wife, Michelle. We just did an interview the other day because I, when I was talking about outreach, um, a couple weeks ago, Margie shared about how she does up with Jesus, and Emily shared last week about discipleship. So I thought I wanna tap the John Alice route and so we're gonna just hear a story. So you're gonna see me and John on Zoom. So we got that ready? Can we cue that up? Hey gang, this is Ryan. And as part of our message today, uh, I wanted to, just like the last couple weeks, uh, a few weeks ago, Margie, we asked her how she lives up on her own and with her family, what their rhythms look like. Last week, Emily um, shared with us how she does this, like how, how her and Dom live disciple-making lives and with their girls and how she's kind of done it all these years. And this week, as we're talking about out, I wanted to ask one of the um, just most amazing families that I know in just a short time that I've known of the way that they live in a missional sense for the kingdom, be it just living in community with people, uh, church planting, John Alice, who's on here, John, uh, uh, John and his wife, Michelle, John was a longtime pastor on staff here, planted a vineyard in Newport years ago. Um, and now John's on our church's board as one of our elders. And just wanted to ask you guys, uh, John and Michelle, how have you guys practically over the years leveraged your time, talent, and treasure to reach the loss as a couple, as individuals, and as a family? Excellent, great question. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, glad to see everybody this morning. We, um, you know, that's morphed. So we just celebrated 31 years of marriage. And when we were young and married with babies, um, it was, there was no treasure. So we were able to be faithful and tithing and in that fine generosity. But really, in, in my first job pastorally was with Barry. So there wasn't a whole lot of talent in that sense of ready to go. It was raw and he was discipling me and growing me, but I had lots of time. I would make time to serve. And, and as we've 
grown and the kids have gotten out of the house. It's very different. So we're in a season now, and I'll just talk about that because the rhythms that we're experiencing now, um, there is a, a bit of talent. I've you know run a few laps around the track and the opportunity to serve on the board here at the church and to invest in young life uh, in Newport and be involved with those leaders, not with the kids, but they're impacting kids. So I'm at arm's length, but I'm seeing wonderful things happen. And um, my time has exponentially grown because Michelle's been phenomenally blessed at her job. She's really, really good and um, has just had the opportunity to say, you should retire. And she was saying that for a long time before I retired and I didn't know what retirement looked like. And I felt too young to do that. But um, I got laid off from my job for COVID and had this experience of serving and reconnecting with my community, my church community, my physical community in the neighborhood and finding opportunities to step out and to be a blessing and an encouragement to widows locally. And it just really significantly changed things. So when I went back to work, I only lasted about a month because my heart just wasn't there. Things had changed so much. And so I think those rhythms of giving and the way that we get to invest in Michelle's coworkers, people that are working for her and sharing meals with them and attending events that are big deals for their family and just being present while they are involved in their lives with young kids. And we kind of get this grandparent role, which is really cool and just a gift from the king. So being aware of what's going on in our circles and choosing to invest in those. Sorry about that uh, delay, kept hitting the unmute button, but hey, uh... Uh, could you tell us, Michelle, kind of how, like on your job and in your life and your sphere, how you also have tried to live into this over the years? I mean, I know part of what you're doing now is you're kind of saying, hey, John, I'm sending you a little bit. Like, I'm, you know, I'll cover the fees here. But like, I know God's put this drive and this call on your heart to kind of be a mentor, to be an evangelist and do that. Uh, what's some other ways you're kind of practically doing this or have done this over the years too, Michelle? I think just um, investing in the people that are around us. And I feel like God intermittently puts people in our path that we weren't really expecting. And then the uh, the doors that he opens for us to be able to minister or pray or, you know, um, when we first got married, tithing was not my thing. And um, God taught me how to tithe when we first got married and now we not only are able to do the tithing, but give above and beyond that outside of the church. And uh, and it does not um, affect me in a bad way. <laughs> I mean, I'm able to do all that with a happy heart. And um, as far as work, there's a lot of people there that uh, I'm investing in because I want to see them um, come towards the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're there. And so I spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with people trying to encourage or mentor and bring them forward, inviting them um, over or out and um, just trying to invest in them personally. So she has a strong ability to embrace both invitation and challenge and uh, really works that out well. And for a long time, um, again, when we were younger, the primary place of investing was parents that 
shared um, stuff with our kids. Mm -hmm. So cheerleading parents, Boy Scout families, they just became a, a hub for us of places to be an encouragement and a strength. That's good. That's really good. That's practical. And I think even a thing like maybe new people in places is John's been a great guy. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about his story that kind of coalesces with my family story in a major way here when we're done. But, um, you know, I think we've kind of been in, in a cool way. God's just, I feel like I don't need us together in the last 13 months that you guys are hanging out here and we're doing some discipleship stuff with other vineyard churches in the area and just even coming on our board. And John even said to me something, can you tell the story about how you, what you said to me when you guys were on your trip of a lifetime and you were asking your wife and she's just like, if you should be on the board, can you kind of tell us what you said or what she said to you? So it, it was, uh, her actually identifying what I would say are our talents. So I've just always been, my talent has always been like, I'll, God, I'll give you whatever you want. And he's trained me along the way. So it's been very road scholar and not super formal for me, which has always made me value my work over my, um, education maybe would be the way to say it that formation and her comment was like you have a lot to offer like you're built for this and this is the season that we're in and it, it is um you know just discovering even i've participated in one board meeting so i'm a uh, very seasoned veteran now so if you have any questions you come look me up um but in that i just felt god kind of provoking my heart and asking some questions that I think were really helpful as we were processing decisions. And so it really is a, it's a different seat for me and it's another learning process, but I feel like God's kind of stocked, stocked the, uh, the bank a bit. So there's some good stuff to draw out. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Michelle? Because uh, John came back and said to me, she's like, why would you not? Like, kind of tell me what your thought behind it was. Because you guys were end, ending a chapter chapter, and kind of in, in the next venture. Like, what about this kind of, like, just kind of sparked you? I just feel like John is um, very extroverted, and he has a lot to give to other people. And he was leaving one um, uh, section, I don't know, one season, and going, and now it's time for him to go into another. And I sometimes john doesn't identify that stuff in himself and he just needs someone else to say hey that that looks like you you know and i think john has learned a lot over the years and done a lot over the years and has a lot to impart to other people mm. that's so good and, and i think like when we're thinking of out like i just think you guys are such a great model when you even think of like luke when he wrote the book he wrote he's addressed luke in the book of acts like uh most excellent theophilus like theophilus is like hey my role is i can't go into macedonia greece antioch whatever but i can underwrite you to do it and, and, and i love that kind of part of your guys mission is you're like hey john like you got to do this i can't go do all that with you but i want you to do it because i can send you and so i just love you know just that that model, like, you know, doing, sending, being seasonal. I just think that there's such a, I don't know. I just love like the way you guys are um, 
just thinking about that. Please uh, just kind of share with me briefly and kind of wrapping up. How do you guys, what's, what's an, a, a time when you guys have spelled faith, R-I-S-K? Um, one that's recent for me is um, I discovered, I don't know, 15 years ago, a game called Ultimate Frisbee <laughs> and uh, realized I was part Labrador at that point. Lots of other people knew that, but again, that not recognizing things. And it's just become a real joy. And I have, it's my second favorite community behind you guys, behind the community that given me the ultimate community is, is my favorite. And um, I was playing at a pickup game. So people show up, they bring a dark shirt and a light shirt and you just throw one on and you make teams and play. And so <clears throat> this guy after the game, looks at me and says, how do people make friends around here? I moved from New York City from Manhattan a year ago, and I just cannot connect. And it just so happened that the Vineyard in Covington was launching an alpha course. And so I made the worst invitation ever to my friend Harvey and said, hey, um, my friends are starting this group. It's an introduction to Christianity. And so we talked a little bit about his experience with that, and he had some, and I said, I, these are some of the best people I know, and they will be great friends for you. I'm super busy, I can't come, but you should go, and they'll take good care of you. And afterwards, they're gonna go across the street to Wonder Bar and sing karaoke. And he's like, so you're sending me to meet a room full of strangers and then go sing karaoke. And I'm like, yeah, it'll be awesome. And so he accepted showed up and had this great experience meeting those guys. It is a hundred percent God. Like he got sent on what would be a fool's errand, like doesn't know anybody walking into a room cold and it just has become a really, and our friendships continue to grow and I see them probably twice a month. And it's just been really interesting. We're going to start talking this month about some intentional discipleship. Wow. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge fun. And That's I would beautiful. say, you know, Go the work was another opportunity when I was working at the collision shop of just having interaction with people there. And I'd say the riskiest thing he's done for me recently is when we went on our trip, he brought discs with him, which is what he calls his Frisbee. And he would just go to random people and say, do you catch? Do you catch? And I was like, John, what are you doing? And he would just catch people on the side and then he'd play with them for a while and then he'd get to have conversations with them and it was totally engaging and it was wonderful and risky for me but for him just what he does super fun awesome frisbee missionary yeah, yeah. Love it. well Last. well hey that that is so great um and so that's a perfect segue john working at the auto body shop so i'm going to tell how our stories coalesce there but hey i want to thank you guys for jumping on Hope you have a great rest of your trip in Los Angeles. Well, you know, it's about 34 here. So I know you guys are deeply jealous and dying to get back. It was snowing last night and my driveway was slick today. So I bet this is way cooler than LA right now. So thanks, have a great rest of the trip. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah, amen. So I just want to, I'm going to wrap up on this because I could just share about this all day. This is probably one of my favorite topics, but like, so I mentioned John working at an auto body shop. So I met John, I've heard of John Alice's name for years, um, kind of vineyard, a vineyard OG around here. And 
But I met him last year at the Phoenix, uh, at the vineyard out in Phoenix, uh, Desert Vineyard, and we were at the national conference. And I introduced myself, Ryan Snow. He's John Alice. We talked, just great guy. I mean, you heard him just um, talk your leg off, and it's just very interesting and wonderful. And, but he's wearing a Center City Collision shirt. And I'm like, you work at Center City Collision. Do you know, and before I got out, he's like, Andy Snow? It's like, you know, he's like, Andy's your uncle, dude. And I'm like, he is. And so we start talking about my uncle Andy. And my uncle Andy is like one of my heroes in life. I come from a really messed up family. You've heard me talk about that. But my uncle was this guy, he's this guy who was always the best guy that I knew that didn't love Jesus. Just kind of like everyone that knew him loved him. He was such an encourager, so kind, so giving, so sharing kind of a auto body legend, just always like, was just a great guy, just great at fixing cars, painting race cars, and just was so much fun, go to my uncle's garage and hang out. And, but my uncle had this problem where he was deeply resistant to Jesus. And my uncle had massive amounts of tragedy. And in the last five years, one of his daughters took her own life. Um, tragedy happened in my family. Um, some guys attacked her. He went to jail, lost his house, lost everything in his life, lost his marriage. His daughter wound up taking her life. And then a couple months later, he had a son, um, his new wife, um, the baby died. And I remember a couple years ago, just talking to my uncle about Jesus. And he just said, I need you to stop talking to me about him. He said, I'm just done said, I can't believe. I need you to just leave me alone. And so we're like, you know, we're gonna take a new strategy. I didn't wanna shove it down. Sir, I love him too much to not be uh, like in a relationship with him. And so like, I remember I went home. I had lunch with him that day. I remember going home. I don't know if it was one of my kids said it or me or my wife, but someone just said, started praying. We said, Lord, we pray that you will put someone in Andy's path that will go to work with him where he worked at Center City Collision and tell him all about Jesus. Someone who he could receive. Well, fast forward, John Alice. Yeah. The story gets worse and better. So my uncle is still very resistant to Jesus. Last February, he got diagnosed, um, just cancer just went all over his body all over his body, ravaged him, had to quit work. I mean, you could see like the cancer in his head, like tumor protruding, um, just was physically wrecked by it. And um, so me and, me and John would just kind of talk and we would go visit him individually. We'd sometimes like go together. But one day John stops there on the way to Frisbee golf to go visit my uncle, bring him like a gyro or some conies or something and just gets down to brass tacks. My uncle's like, John, well, I wanna receive Jesus. He's like, I know I'm done. I know I've done a lot of stuff that I wish I hadn't. And he's like, but I know, um, I'm, I said, I'm not mad anymore. He said, I just want that peace in my life. He's like, I just wanna rest. I've been running my whole life. He's like, and I know it's coming to a close. He's like, and I just wanna rest. And John led him to Jesus. Yeah. 
And um, I, I prayed, so I prayed, witnessed, loved on my uncle for 31 years. I planted the seed, John watered it, but the harvest was God's. And so you know what? All it was is just, and, and we started talking about like at the end, and I'm like, what, what, what was different for you? Why? He's like, dude, he's like, you always loved Jesus. I just wasn't ready to receive it. I'm like, would, was I a turd? Was my witness sucky? He's like, probably at times. He's like, but dude, I always saw you loving Jesus. He's like, my heart just wasn't ready. He's like, and just something changed. But he appreciated the way I love my wife, the way I love my kids, the way I tried to live in my faith. He appreciated the same thing about John. He said, and there was just something different about you guys when tragedy was happening, when my life was falling apart, there was something different about the way you guys have showed up. Friends, the best witness is often our witness. Like if you wanna know how to, be, how to be missional, just show up. Just be full of compassion and full of passion for people's lives and watch how it brings the kingdom to them. You don't have to memorize a sales pitch or know the entire Bible backwards and forwards. I mean, that helps some, but just show up and love on people for a long time. And my uncle, we were up at a college visit last week. My son, uh, we were up at a college visit, like in Pennsylvania, and my dad's blowing my phone up. And then he gets a text, he's like, call me immediately, he said, call me ASAP. And I called him as we're getting ready to walk in this game. He's like, hey man, Uncle Andy died. And it broke my heart, but man, it also, like, I just, my, my thoughts flooded to, like, how good you are, God. Like, I prayed for this guy relentlessly, and you got him. Because I love him. I love him. One of the most important people ever in my life. But I don't love him near as much as Jesus did. And that fuels my love for him and other people. So as we're thinking about how to live out, just how to live out, just do it. I like the old Nike adage, just do it. Don't do it alone. Jesus sent him out in pairs. Love people. And I told my uncle for years about Jesus, but it's interesting that as me and John kind of went in pairs, finally went into it, the blind squirrel found a nut, and I finally got that. And um, that God did something in his heart and his life that um, just blew his mind. And he found rest. And he found peace. And I text John. I said, hey, just want to let you know. Um, want to let you know Andy died. And John's response was just Beautiful. I'm gonna actually read it to you. He just says to me, and this is just, just you know, just so thankful. Um, sad and not. I think his day is way better than ours is. That's why we tell people about Jesus. Because this life isn't all there is. This is a dress rehearsal. And this determines what the grand show on the other side is in perpetuity, that means forever. So, go, love the world, love the lost, reach into the places no one go, because think of what your life would have been if no one did it for you. So I wanna invite you today, if you don't know Jesus, I encourage you to um, not wait as long as my uncle did. Because there's a lot of things 
that if we didn't wait could, um, could be a lot different. And I love my uncle, and I'm so glad for how the Lord met him, but I think of the differences in his life that could have been made, and we had conversations about that if he had just yielded sooner. And so I encourage you today, where, where are you in your journey? Maybe you've walked far from God, and you wanna come back to him, or maybe you've never known him, and you're like, if this is what it's like, that sounds pretty good. I wanna invite you today. I wanna thank my little friend, Gussie. Where's Gussie? Is Gussie here? Gussie started coming to our church a couple months ago and she's like, man, she's like, you guys don't talk about inviting people to receive Jesus enough. So I wanna apologize to you guys if you've been here like 10 times and you never heard it, that's my fault. We should do that every week. Because that's, that's kind of why we do what we do. But if you wanna know Jesus today, um, I'm gonna do a little old school. If you, just everyone kind of shut their eyes, bow their head. If you want prayer for something today or you're like, hey, I don't know who God is, or I've known him, but I've walked far from him. If you just uh, raise your hand, I wanna pray for you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Maybe you've done this before and you're like, man, I've just fallen far. We, we want to pray for you today. Or is there anyone here today, and, and I know we're going a little late, but the Bengals aren't on and we got an outreach, so you can hang with me. Um, a lot of good stuff today. But is there anyone here that needs healing for something in their body or their life. Okay. Amen. Yeah. All right, well, I'm just gonna pray. If I can have the prayer teams come forward and spread out and even maybe the sides, whatever, we wanna pray for you today. I got any prayer? Ninjas? All right. Well, if you put your hand up, I'm gonna encourage you to come forward and receive prayer. If you're doing this for the first time, we're gonna do baptisms in three weeks. Um, but if, if, you, if you slipped your hand up, I'd encourage you to come up and get some prayer today. We'd love to pray with you, not trying to shame you or embarrass you. Or if you put your hand up for healing, come up, we'd love to pray for you. So Lord, we just ask you to come with your spirit and your power and your love. I pray people wouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. I pray people wouldn't be ashamed of your power, Lord, that if we have a hard time standing up in church, it may be really hard to stand up out there. So, Lord, I just pray that you would not make us feel shame, but you would just confront us with the facts of your presence and of your delight for us, Lord, but you were willing to step out of heaven and you want us to step out of the shells of our lives in your glory. So I pray that you would maximize impact today in our lives today, that people who receive prayer, we pray for healing to come and for people who uh, want to receive you or come back to you, that you would come in them afresh and anew and fill their lives with purpose and power and joy like they've never known. We love you and we bless your name and through it we pray, Father, amen. All right, well, hey, um, if you put your hand up for prayer for anything, we would love to pray personally for you today. And if you wanna stay for the outreach, there will be some food. The food is for the people that stay for the outreach. And we love you and happy Thanksgiving, everybody.